This is Passport to Everywhere, an incredible worldwide journey as your host, Melissa Biggs Bradley, transports you to dream destinations, introduces you to extraordinary guests from all over the world, showcases the current state of travel, shares valuable insights, takes you behind the scenes at some of the most iconic hotels, and explores the future of travel. This is your your Passport to Everywhere. Erin Lauder is the granddaughter of cosmetics legend Estee Lauder and a tastemaker in her own right. After spending 20 years learning the family business as senior VP and creative director at her grandmother's world-renowned company, she founded the lifestyle brand Erin. Here, she combines her love of art, fashion, design, and of course travel to create refined home decor, gorgeous fragrances, and chic but classic clothing and accessories. As you'll soon hear, the brand embodies Erin's personal philosophy that, quote, living beautifully should be effortless. In this conversation, we talk about how part of this effortlessness is finding harmony with place, whether that's recalling a long-beloved destination or making a new destination feel like home. All of the brand's products honor and borrow from the places that Erin loves and finds herself. Each Erin store celebrates the unique flair of its location while remaining true to the timeless simplicity that is the signature of all of her products. She also designed her beachfront hideaway in Panama so that it feels like an extension of the lush rainforest that surrounds it for miles. And many of her best-selling fragrances and candles are inspired by her summers in Long Island. I've been lucky to know Erin for many years. In fact, our boys are so close that I say that her two sons are the brothers that my son always dreamed of, but I didn't give him. I'm thrilled to have Erin here today to talk about how she applies her philosophy of living effortlessly to her travels, to design, and to have her share her tips for traveling in style. In the next few weeks, I'll be joined by designer India Hicks to discuss her recent aid trips to Ukraine, as well as her tips for family travel. Shoe legend Christian Louboutin, who will share the story behind his brand new hotel in Portugal. Laudomia Pucci, whose family has been shaping the politics and creativity of Florence, Italy for more than 500 years and is innovating still. And travel trailblazer Richard Branson, who will discuss his favorite getaways. If you don't want to miss these special guests or our next Hotel Legend shows on the Hotel du Cap in Cap d'Antibes and Claridge's in London, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or tune in to Sirius XM Business Radio Channel 132 every Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific for Passport to Everywhere. And stay tuned for this week's Travel Hacks. I'll answer all your questions about packing. Passport to Everywhere with Melissa Biggs Bradley will continue. Follow Melissa on Instagram at Indigari Founder. You're listening to Passport to Everywhere. Here's your host, Melissa Biggs Bradley. Estee Lauder is really a legendary beauty brand for most people, but for you, she was your grandmother. So can you talk to me a little bit about your earliest memory of her? Maybe it's connected to travel, maybe it's not. Well, my earliest memory of Estee was probably her scent. And, you know, she was really an extraordinary woman. She started the brand in 1946, and she had incredible passion and vision and intuition. And I remember as a little girl, her getting into the car and just the scent. She was always working on a fragrance, and she worked on the beautiful fragrance for many, many years. So the Bulgarian rose note was such a signature of hers. And so probably my first memory is really the way she smelled. That's so Proustian, but it makes total sense. And I know that 
places are really important to you. And they were to her. So in terms of places you associated with her or ways she helped you kind of understand the elegance of living through how she lived in different places, are there memories around that? There are definitely memories of destinations with Esty. I mean, she was probably one of the first American brands to launch her brand internationally in the 60s. Her first two international accounts were in Canada and actually in the UK. And, you know, she loved spending time in Europe. She would spend the summers in Europe. She was forever traveling and forever being inspired. And many of her original fragrances were inspired by wonderful destinations. And that was very much the concept behind my beauty brand. And, you know, there's a great story. When she was launching in London, um, you know, she created this concept gift with purchase. And it was the idea that any woman, even if you were the Queen of England, wanted a free gift. (laughs) Every woman loves a little gift. And she was launching at Harrods. And basically, this car comes up. And it was the Queen's lady-in-waiting with a little card saying that the Queen wanted her gift with purchase. And as (laughs) she said, I told you I was right. So, you know, the idea of this international business and being inspired by many places was very much an important part of her company and her brand. That's amazing. And do you have memories of traveling with her? I definitely do. I mean, I went to Paris for the first time with her when I was very, very young. We would visit her in the south of France every summer. We went to Rome. We went to Barcelona for my 13th birthday together. She was always a part of our life, her and my grandfather, and um, we did travel a lot with them. And she was a very nervous traveler, actually, which is very interesting, and a very formal traveler. There's a great story when my sister did Semester at Sea, and Esty thought she was going on a boat and sent her a huge box from Bergdorf's of gloves and hats, (laughs) thinking that's what you would wear at Semester at Sea, but she was wrong. (laughs) That is so funny. And were there certain things that you learned from her about how she traveled that you think you still take? There are definitely many tricks that she taught me about travel and travel beauty. And I do apply them to everything I do when I travel. And one of the products that I can't live without is Advanced Night Repair. And it was a product that she created. And the concept was that you would put the serum on while you slept, and it was an antioxidant serum. It would really repair your skin. And then she had the brilliant idea of why you're using it only at night. You should use it in the AM and PM. And it's a product that I always travel with. And I actually always have it in my travel bag because throughout the flight or throughout the car ride, I always reapply it. And she always talked about the importance of skin and sleep and lots of water. And she always used to travel with a small little travel pillow. And that is something And she gave me my first pillow when I was very, very young. And still to this day, I always travel with one as well. Oh, that's amazing. Going to your brand, because you were at Estee Lauder for a really long time. And then I remember when you decided you were going to do your own brand and launch something different and really particular to you and your philosophy of the art of living well in many ways, I think about that. But can you talk about how you decided to do that? Well, I had been at Estee Lauder for over 25 years, and I had held different positions in marketing, advertising, product development, and I was creative director of the Estee Lauder brand. And I was forever being asked the question, what are the makeup products you can't live without and the beauty products that are essential to you? And I felt there was an opportunity to create a capsule beauty collection based on storytelling and heritage. And I brought this idea up to our CEO, who loved the idea, but he said, you know, in order to make this dream a reality, you have to focus group it and write a business plan and present it to the board, which I did. And which was very exciting was that it actually gave me the green light to go into the other categories that I love so much, such as home and accessories. So Currently, we've just launched our 10th anniversary of the brand, and we are a complete lifestyle brand, which has been very exciting, and it really is a dream come true. That's amazing. And are there, within the brand, travel and places are very inspirational in terms of 
the different accessory lines and the beauty lines you've launched. Can you talk about some of those specifically? Well, the brand is very much inspired by travel and memories. You know, Esty had this wonderful quote where she would say, you wouldn't wear the same dress to have dinner in as you would to play tennis. Why would you wear the same fragrance? So she really believed in a wardrobe of fragrances. And that's very much the concept behind the beauty brand. Today, we have 24 fragrances. We're at about 800 doors of distribution. And many of the fragrances and the eight candles are inspired by destinations. We have a beautiful fragrance inspired by the tuberose of India. We have one that's called Rose de Grasse, which is one of our best sellers, inspired by the roses and grass. We have something called Cedar Violet, which is inspired by the Adirondacks, and the list goes on. So it really allows the customer to dream and escape. That's so fun. But you also have your own stores. I remember you opened the first one was in Southampton, I yes, think, right? Exactly. And now you have Southampton, East Hampton, Palm Beach, and, and Miami. Miami. And that allows the, as you said, the lifestyle part of it. Can you talk a little bit about what you curate for those stores and how that has evolved? Because that's, I mean, got to be a lot of fun and you're finding things when you travel. Well, that's been the wonderful kind of very, very creative part of the business. And it's the part that I really love probably the most. And I actually love being in the stores and seeing people's reactions. And you're right. I do travel constantly and I'm always thinking about the stores and finding wonderful handmade pieces of jewelry, bags, fashion, you know, to bring into these different boutiques. And we do have four freestanding stores, and each store is slightly different. Leonard, my uncle, has this wonderful quote, act global but think local, and very much we edit depending on the market that we're in. But yes, they are filled with all the different elements of the Aaron brand plus products that we found. So what's the difference between the Palm Beach store and the Miami store? Because they're not that far away. But, <laughs> they're but not they're that far away, but they're a very different, different customer. And, you know, it's interesting. In uh, Miami, we have a lot more kind of Colombian, South American designers. Joanna Ortiz does very, very well for us. It's a younger consumer. And in Palm Beach, it's a bit more traditional. And, you know, the assortment is slightly different. The hats are slightly bigger. The dresses are longer. So we definitely edit depending on the consumer. Yeah. Okay, I would love to talk a little bit about your own travels because, as you said, you travel a lot. You're comfortable in a lot of places around the world. You've got historic connections, as you mentioned, to France and London, but also to Austria. You mm -hmm. spent some time as a child living in Austria, right? I did. I did. My father was ambassador under Reagan, so it was a great time for us to be there because I was in high school, so I could really enjoy it and embrace it and learn from it. So I was there for two years. So, I mean, you shared some of the beauty tips, which I love. I'm going to start putting serum on, on the plane. <laughs> but also, like, you're incredibly stylish. I mean, I remember when I interviewed the Irish designer Louise Kennedy a few years ago, and I asked her if she could dress anyone in the world who it would be. And she named you as the ultimate symbol of American elegance. So how do you stay stylish when you're traveling? Well, I think, you know, I love when you always talk about edit and packing a carry-on, and I agree with that. I think it's always really good to stay focused. And what I usually start doing is before I go on a trip, I start putting together different pieces that I want to bring with me and make sure they all work together. And I love the idea of wearing a scarf on the plane for warmth, but then you can use it throughout the trip for day or night. And I really think it's important to stay very edited and very focused. And my beauty routine does not really change that much when I travel and then when I'm home. The only thing that changes is I actually use a lot of masks. And I've read a lot about that. And I think it's really important when you're flying so much to stay super, super hydrated. You know, people always say drink a thing of water for every hour you're on the plane. And I do agree that moisturizer, advanced night repair, and a mask is really important. Yeah. So I always travel with that. Oh, great. Okay, so I've got so to add got masks. you've got masks in your bag. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they're great because they're flat. They're easy to pack. 
And they really do, when you get off the plane and get to wherever you're going, put that on for a little bit and you will immediately feel much more refreshed. And what about accessories? Because you carry accessories in your line now. You've got a great weekender bag, you've got things like that. So what do you think are sort of absolute classics for travel? Well, we have this wonderful bag called the Weekender, and we've got a couple different sizes of it. And we have a large one, which is great, obviously, for a weekend, but it's you know kind of tricky to carry on a plane because it's quite big. So we have one that's called a mini Weekender, which I think is my ultimate travel companion. It is great because you can put your handbag into it. It's kind of like a stylish tote. Yeah. And, you know, I put a scarf, my iPad, advanced night repair, my handbag, and I put all these different things into it. And I think it's really important, as I said, to stay focused and to have a few items. I always travel with a great pair of black pants. I always have a blazer that I wear on the plane. I always bring some jewelry that is easy and effortless. And I think, you know, mixing gold pieces and you can layer different pieces on to be more dressed up if you need to go to something at night. So I think it's really about mix and match and making it as easy as possible. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, so then I want to get to your wish list, but in general, classics, places that you always go back to that you love and why you love them. I've always loved London, and I used to visit my grandmother all the time when she lived there, and I think there's something so elegant, so traditional. I'm always inspired when I go. I was just recently there doing something for the 10th anniversary of the Aaron brand. I spoke at Harrods. And I still always discover and find wonderful stores and restaurants. Paris is Paris. I went there first when I was a little girl with my grandparents. And to this day, I still, you know, everyone, their heart skips a beat when they see the Eiffel Tower, especially at night when it's sparkling. Just recently, I went to Mexico City for the first time, which I absolutely fell in love with. I loved all the art, the culture, the colors, the food. And I'm hoping to go to India. I was planning a trip for India for my 50th birthday, and then COVID happened, so everything was put on pause. But I am going to hopefully do that in the fall, and I've been working with your team to start compiling a list and an itinerary. So fingers crossed it will all happen sometime in the fall, which I'm very excited about because one of our fragrances, which is called Tuberose Le Soir and Tuberose Le Jour, it's a beautiful pair of fragrances inspired by the tuberose of India. And the concept is, is that in the morning, the tuberose smells different than it does at night. So therefore, we did two fragrances based on this tuberose. So I'm very excited to go oh there and God. see that in person. I, there's no question in my mind you are going to go head over heels for the color and the artisanship of India. I mean, it is just such a revelation. But are there some places in London you said you always discover new places or have old favorites that you, you know, restaurants or stores that you hit when you hit London or Paris? Well, I love the Wolseley. I mean, it's actually great when you're jet lagged because there's always something on the menu that's appealing to you. I love interiors. That's a huge part of the business. And I get a lot of inspiration from my travels. So all of the fabric stores, Sybil Colfax, I think is great. I love Robert Keim, you know, and I'm always inspired when I go there. Yeah. What about Paris? Any favorite haunts? Well, Paris, I mean, yes, I love Paris. I mean, I have to actually say Bon Marche, I think, has done such an amazing job. And it's great if you're traveling with a friend or, you know, a daughter because it's the, the beauty department is spectacular and they've got all these great concept fragrances and products that they don't really have in other places. And of course, just, you know, walking around all the little boutiques. I mean, how can you not fall in love? And you always find something new. Yeah. And there's been many, many places. There's one, Muriel Grateau, which I think is great for home items. They've got drawers and drawers of beautiful colored napkins. Sabia Rosa for yeah. beautiful nightgowns. Those are two of my favorite yeah. places. No, I think you're totally right about Bon Marche because, I, I mean, you know my daughter. We go there as a, sort of like a quick hit of everything. And it's they amazing. have these crazy pop-ups 
that are yeah. wonderful always on the second floor with different young designers around like jewelry and cool it's, different things. It's so well done. I mean, I don't think there's anyone that does it quite the way they do. Yeah. It's great. And Harrods, when I was just there recently, I have to say it's an extraordinary store. I mean, the food hall, the beauty department. I mean, it's really, really spectacular. Yeah. And what about smaller places? You spend time in Italy, you spend time in Vienna. Are there other places there that you absolutely love? Well, I think Italy is really spectacular. I mean, this summer I went to Rome and I hadn't been there for many, many years and it was so inspiring and so beautiful. But I actually think the Mediterranean is very inspirational. And we have a few fragrances inspired by the Mediterranean. And one of our best sellers is called Mediterranean Honeysuckle. And the packaging itself looks like floor and Capri. It's this beautiful blue and green inspiration from a tiled floor. And it's really, really pretty. And it's interesting. It does well across all cities. So yeah. showing that everyone is inspired by the Mediterranean and dreams. And fragrance is interesting because what's been fascinating with fragrance is that it really allows the customer to dream. Like she might not be in the Mediterranean, but by putting the fragrance on, she feels as if she's being transported to this wonderful, magical place. Yeah. And I'm forever inspired by the fashion there and the colors. And just, you know, when you sit down to breakfast, looking at the beautiful vase and the plates, and even your coffee looks kind of more special in the Mediterranean. No question. So how do you pick which fragrance to bring with you when you're traveling? Well, you know, that's a great question. I really, you know, as I said, we have 24 fragrances, and they're all inspired by different places and memories. And depending on where I'm going, well, you know, when I went to London, I brought Rose de Grasse. And depending if I'm going someplace warm, if I go down to Palm Beach, I might bring, we've got this beautiful lemon fragrance inspired by Sicily. Or the Mediterranean fragrance is always in my bag when I'm going to the Mediterranean. And I think that's what's fun about fragrance is that you can kind of dream, discover, and edit depending on where you're going. And a lot of people now are layering fragrances. I yeah. think it's a new trend. And so it could become truly custom. Oh, that's so so you can layer you know, an amber fragrance with a rose. And so that's what makes it quite fun and makes it unique. Oh, that's really fun. And so do you sell sets of different fragrances together? We do. One thing I've given you is this travel purse spray, which has done really, really well because it's great for the woman on the go, but as well as for someone for who travels. And we have three little rose fragrances in it, all variations of a rose fragrance. And so the idea is you could travel with it and bring these little cartridges. And then depending if you want to wear something in the day versus night. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. It makes it very kind of versatile and flexible. I'm curious about how you spend your time in Palm Beach, because you have deeper connections there than a lot of people. I, I mean, it's really home and, and serious roots for you because your grandparents were there for a long time. It is. So having gotten to spend time with you there, I know you have a different life in Palm Beach than most people do. And I'd love to hear sort of what your favorite aspects of being there are? Well, Palm Beach has always been very special to me and my family. My grandmother moved there many, many years ago, and we would spend all holidays together. And then she had the vision of purchasing the house next to her current house, and she gave it to my father. So I've been in that house for probably about 30 years. And for me, Palm Beach is truly home. I love to go and walk, walk on the beach, walk on the bike path. I see old friends. We spend a lot of time as a family there. And there's many classic traditional Palm Beach institutions, whether it's restaurants or stores or walks that I love to do. And somehow history repeats itself. And I find myself doing it now with my parents and my children. And I think that's what's so special about Palm Beach. And at the same time, there's a ton of newness. There's a lot of new hotels and restaurants. So if you want something more, you obviously can get it. But at the same time, I love the more traditional aspect of yeah. Palm Beach. And Panama, yes. My husband went to business school with someone who married someone from Panama. So many, many years ago, his friend sold him 
a plot of land on the Pacific Ocean, and it truly is his paradise. He absolutely adores it. I mean, it's got wonderful surfing, fishing, and you really feel as if you're completely isolated in this magic jungle. And we built this kind of wonderful indoor-outdoor house. It almost feels like a tropical treehouse. The living room is all open, no walls, and it's all made with teak from the teak trees on the property. And it's just, it's a truly magical paradise. Okay. And then I know Long Island is super important to you too. And that inspires a lot of your lifestyle. So can you talk a little bit about how that is different from Palm Beach and New York and why that's so important to you? Well, Long Island to me, I think, is probably the place I'm happiest. I feel really calm there. We spent COVID there. I think there's something so beautiful. And you realize why so many artists live there, because the light, the flowers, the beaches, it's so inspiring. And I've been going there my whole life. Every time I go there, there I always find something new to love. And I think all year round, I mean, for me, my most favorite time of year is really the fall. I mean, I like the summer, but I enjoy the fall more there. And we live in my grandmother's house, which has been really special. She gave it to my husband and I when the children were little. And it was done by Mark Hampton in the 1970s. And the whole house is blue and white. And it has and it's such, so beautiful. It's so pretty. And it has a really wonderful sensibility to it. It was interesting. During COVID, I spent, obviously, a lot of time there. And I would go up into the attic and always find like wonderful, you know, lab jars of creams and fragrances that Esty had stored up there. So it's always full of memories for me. Oh, that's amazing. And what about some of the favorite things you like to do when you're out there? Well, I love to go to dinner in Montauk. You know, there's a restaurant called Durier's, which I've watched the evolution of it. And I used to go when you first would have a tray and you would go up and get your lobster. And now it's gotten a little bit kind of more formal, but still just as special. I love walking around the little towns. I think all the stores are great. Our first store ever was in Southampton on Main Street. It is still one of my most favorite stores. Even though it's our smallest, it is our most profitable one. And obviously just the classic restaurants, the Candy Kitchen. When I was little, I used to go and get milkshake and grilled cheese. And I still to this day want to do that all the time. And I think that, you know, the Hamptons is just very, very inspiring. I mean, Guildhall, I think has done a wonderful job with exhibitions and performances. So there's always something for someone in Long Island. Yeah. Have you seen, by the way, the Peter Marino collection in Southampton yet? I actually haven't, but my kids have gone and they said it's excellent. They yeah, at some it. point this gone. summer we should go because it's really, it's an amazing little cultural addition. That's what I've heard. I have the book, but I haven't had a chance to see it. Yeah. And he's often in there, like changing exhibitions. It's really interesting. Yeah. No, that's what I've heard. Okay. So what do you want next for Aaron? I mean, you just had your 10th anniversary. I Again, did. Congratulations. And it's pretty amazing what you've you. done in 10 years. Thank you. What do you hope to do for the brand going forward? How do you see it evolving? Well, we're continuing to have wonderful partners. We've got some really fun collaborations coming up next fall. And I also love the idea of concept stores. I think there's something really interesting in our stores because it's really where we can showcase the brand as a whole. You know, many times when you walk into a department store, beauty's on one floor and home is on another. So in these freestanding stores that we have currently, the four, I love showcasing the brand as a whole with my edit. So I hope to open up more stores and we're starting to look at other locations. And obviously books. I think books are really fun and I think they're a wonderful way to represent your vision. I loved your book, Safari Style, and I think there's something about a book that enables you to kind of showcase a brand in a new way. So I'm always kind of thinking about ideas for next book. Well, so you've, how many books have you done now? I've so done four books. Okay. I did one on when I first launched the brand, and then I did one called Entertaining Beautifully. Yeah. Actually, 
five books. I apologize. I did two for Asseline, one about Aspen and one about Palm Beach. Yep. And just recently during COVID, I did this book on my grandmother with my sister. And it was exciting because we launched it in honor of Estee's 75 years of the brand. And it was a great project because we did it together, which was really nice. And I had never worked on a book with someone else, let alone my sister. And what was interesting was that we went into the archives and found so many things about Estee that we didn't know. Can you give me an example? Well, a lot of it were really images, photographs, you know, beautiful photographs of her homes, moments of her at a desk, just wonderful, wonderful memories that I had never seen, even advertising images that were never run. You know, she was so innovative in business. And, you know, as I said, she created Gift with Purchase, and she was really the first to do lifestyle advertising. Many of the original ads didn't even have product on them. It would be a wonderful woman in a bikini sitting on a beach selling a sun product. So she was always selling the dream. And there were many, many images that we did not end up running. So I found it very, very inspiring. That's amazing. Okay, and so you did Entertaining Beautifully, the two books for Asseline and your grandmother's book. And then I did one called Beauty at Home, which was the first book I did when I launched the brand 10 years ago. Okay, there's no question you'll do more. I would love to do more. That's so exciting. And you mentioned the collaborations. Can you talk a little bit about some of the people that you've collaborated with and why they're fun? I completely agree with you that a concept store is so fun. And it's one of the reasons I love going into your shop in Southampton and always find stuff because it's it's your things, but it's also things that you found and there's like a real discovery there. So I'd love to hear about some of the collaboration. I found Dasoli, for instance, who I love, the Indian dress designer at Aaron in Southampton no, the first that's time. That's one of our best selling brands, actually. And, you know, collaborations are really interesting because everyone is doing them now. And what's happening is that it's fascinating to partner with a brand that might not be obviously an expected partner, but then yet it's magic. And I think there's something interesting. We've worked with Joanna Ortiz before, who's a wonderful designer out of Cartagena. We did a beauty collection with her and little makeup bags that have done phenomenally well. We've done stuff with Alex Bohemian, who's another young brand. We've done things with Solaire, who's out of London. We have a project coming up in the fall with a great brand out of Paris. I can't tell you what it is, but I'm very excited to launch it. You know, I think it's the idea we did something with Frame Denim. We did colored jeans that flew out within like the first five minutes. They were sold out on our website. I miss those. (laughs) I can't believe it. They were beautiful. They were green, pale blue, and pink. And, you know, I think collaborations are really fun because it brings in a new customer. It creates buzz. When you find someone that's like-minded, I think it just it's just magic. And, you know, one of my most successful collaborations is with Williams-Sonoma. And I worked on that a few years ago, and we're launching another collection this fall. So it's going to be really exciting when it comes out. It's a kind of wonderful holiday collection inspired someplace far off and magical. Oh, how fantastic. Well, it is always fun being with you. Thank you so much. I definitely have to give you my list for India, and we will talk about that because I I know you will love it. But this was a total treat as always. Thank you. And thank you not only for sharing your travel inspiration, but for traveling with my son. (laughs) You've done very often and um, some of his best travel memories. I mean, I I shouldn't embarrass him on the radio, but I remember a couple years ago when he went to Amalfi Coast with you and he came and he was like, Mom. Posichino? Yeah, yeah. Posichino. (laughs) And I said, you can't go to Positano with Aaron, unless you can come back knowing how to pronounce it. And he came back and he still, how do you pronounce it again? Posicino. (laughs) (laughs) But we had a lot of penne, penne with butter, penne with tomato sauce, penne. Anyway, thank you. It is so much fun being with you. This was great. (laughs) Okay, thank you. 
Thanks so much to Erin for such an inspiring conversation about the intersections of creativity, design, and travel, and also for giving us some of her beauty tips. You can keep up to date with her latest whereabouts by following her on Instagram at Erin, A-E-R-I-N, and shop her latest styles at Erin.com. Up next on Travel Hacks, I'll answer all your questions about packing. Listen to new episodes of Passport to Everywhere, Thursdays at noon, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Sirius XM Business Radio, Channel 132. Travel Hacks with Melissa Biggs-Bradley from Passport to Everywhere. For this week's Travel Hacks, I've invited back Catherine Nathanson, who heads Indicare's Global Productions, and we'll be diving into packing tips. On today's episode of Travel Hacks, we're going to discuss how to pack carry-on, our favorite topic in the hack category. So Melissa, you've spoken about this a lot on the show thus far, but for those who may be tuning in for the first time, I have to start us off with why do you always pack carry-on? Well, a couple reasons. One, because I don't like to be separated from my things. And I think one of the reasons I can travel and not suffer from much jet lag and easily move in and out of places so that I don't carry too much stuff. I pack with sort of a travel uniform so I can spend most of my time immersed in a place, not worrying about what to wear or keeping track of, lot, of lots of belongings. I also never have to worry about being apart from those things that make my travels really smooth. So there's certain rituals that I use to help me fall asleep, like wearing a silk eye mask, taking certain vitamins and supplements in the morning or in the evening that help my body know what time zone we're on or what the sleeping patterns are. So all those things, my beauty products, I don't ever want to be separated from them. But most importantly, it gives me flexibility. And I literally was just in Europe and arrived in Paris and my flight to Brussels was massively delayed. I noticed there was another flight, same airline, also massively delayed, but had been a couple hours earlier. Went up to them and said, can I jump on this flight? They said, do you have checked bags? I said, no. They said, absolutely. So it saved me a couple of hours and I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. So I'm a huge fan of just the flexibility, the ease, the adaptability of having only carry-on bags. Last week, I was on a whirlwind adventure in Georgia and Lebanon, and I did my darndest to pack carry-on, but I was suffering every second of the way because I bought so much stuff on the ground, mainly wine. And I shouldn't say this on the show, but I managed to get 11 bottles of wine back, multiple ceramic plates and a carpet. So what is your advice for people so that they don't have to be miserable while packing carry-on? Okay, well, so I'm a big fan, as you know, Catherine, of collecting special things in places. So one thing that I do is if I know I'm going someplace, and I was recently in Guatemala, and I knew I was going to want to buy some of the wonderful textiles there, I actually brought a foldable Longchamp big tote bag, which I immediately started filling up day two. And so I checked a bag on the way home. If I don't remember to bring a bag with me, and I find great things to buy that never stops me. You can always find a suitcase. I was in Slovenia last spring and I found a beautiful small painting at one of these great outdoor markets. I bought it and then I went and found a hard suitcase in a store nearby and checked a hard suitcase. I'm a big fan of buying ceramics. And so when I do that, 
I put all the ceramics in my carry-on bag and I buy a duffel bag and move all my clothes into the duffel bag and check that. So that obviously is probably the best way for you to get wine home too. Definitely carry on all the way as far as you can. And if you can't ship things home, I'm a big fan of shipping things and certain countries are better at shipping than others. But if you have to bring it home, absolutely bring it home. Buy the suitcase. A concierge can always come up with a suitcase for you. That is true. And if you are traveling in the Middle East, you can always find a suit and get a suitcase for a very good deal. But on this trip, I should have said I did bring the duffel. I did the duffel trick because I had to check the wine. So I ended up offloading absolutely everything into that duffel. So it was so heavy. You would have laughed if you saw me at the Istanbul airport. I was trying to grab anything I could find to help me get through because that's such a big airport. So what are the wheelie devices that I can attach my suitcase to so I don't need to lug it through the airport? Okay, so there are wheel luggage carts that you can buy on Amazon. They're not very expensive. They are basically a set of wheels that come with straps so you can strap a duffel bag onto them and turn that duffel bag into a wheeled suitcase. I started doing this a number of years ago because we developed the perfect safari bag. They're Indigari safari bags that we designed that are based on the dimensions that are required to go in the small bush planes that fly to different camps around Africa. And so when you go on safari, the safari companies never want you to bring a hard-sided suitcase. There's specific dimensions that can fit in the Cessna caravan luggage compartment. So we designed a canvas suitcase duffel. It's the perfect fit, but you don't want to carry it through these long airports. I mean, very often I'll connect through airports and be clocking more than a mile, a mile and a half switching planes. And so a couple of years ago when my family was on safari, I bought these luggage devices for everybody so that we could strap the small duffels into those, put our tote bags over the handle and wheel the entire thing through the airports and still be carry-on, soft-sided all the way through. So they have aluminum ones that are a little bit heavier. They have plastic ones that aren't quite as sturdy. You can find them on Amazon. They're not expensive. And it's an easy way to turn a duffel into a wheeled suitcase. In your case, Catherine, I would have probably tried with the wine to buy a big wheeled suitcase or a wheeled duffel if you had that choice. But a lot of times in small places in a souk, you're not going to get the option of a duffel with wheels. Then check it as soon as you can. So our next question for you is, what do you look for in choosing that perfect carry-on bag? I know that when I'm traveling in the U.S., they are much more lenient about the size of that carry-on suitcase, which helps me greatly. In Europe, they often catch me and say, that is an American carry-on. You cannot check that. So what's your choice? So my choice is always follow the guidelines of all international carriers. Don't go, even though you might be tempted, for the larger one that suits you in the U.S. If you want one bag that's going to take you everywhere, there are standards that you know will work internationally. So don't fudge those. However, I prefer suitcases that are lightweight because I want all of the poundage to be my things, not the actual suitcase, but it has to be super durable. And I prefer, if possible, to have one that you know has a flexible material. I use it often a T. Anthony bag that is very sturdy, but it has canvas sides around a frame. So there is some give in terms of what you can fit into that suitcase and how it can expand, but it never expands outside of the, the regulation size to go in an overhead. Okay. 
So now we've got to get into your process for packing because I know you've got this down to a, an incredible science. So please enlighten all of us with what you do. Well, honestly, I think the best thing for people to do is watch one of our packing videos because there is an art to this and a science and it's minimal shoes, coordinating accessories, one or two central pallets with everything else working around those. We did a video of how to pack with sacks, which you can Google. We did one in collaboration with my Teresa. And in those videos, you will start to see the method. And that's really the easiest way to understand it. And we have one coming up on April 6th with my Teresa again for how to pack for the Mediterranean as people are thinking about their summer travels. So now I'm going to take us into some of your favorite aids to get you through a trip. So let's start with your go-to packing aids. I know that luggage cubes are one of the things that you swear by. Who do you buy them from? Anything else that comes to mind on the aid topic? Yeah, I do. I love packing cubes and I'm a relatively recent convert. I think about five or six years ago, I started using packing cubes. I love the ones from Paravel. They're really well-made. They're a great gift. You can get people's initials embroidered on them and they come in three different sizes. There's a small one for like underwear and pajamas kind of thing. There's a medium and then there's a large. And I actually often will use, you know, two mediums and one large. But what I like about it is it really helps you organize. Sometimes I do day clothes in one, night clothes in another. Sometimes if I'm doing a beach resort and a city resort, I do all of my beach clothes in one pouch and I don't have to open it when I'm in the city and vice versa. If I'm doing safari in the city, I don't have to open the safari or the hiking clothes until I'm in the hiking resort and the urban pouch is perfect for just being in the city. So it really helps you organize. I love those. It helps you keep everything together. And so I'm a big fan of pouches, not just for my clothing, but in my carry-on tote bag, which again, we designed an Indigari carry-on tote bag that is water-resistant inside, has zippers, is the absolute maximum size for a carry-on tote bag. It fits in those cases so that you can take it on, but it, it stores a ton of things. It's got a great brass zipper and really easy to use with a lock. I'm a big fan of bringing small padlocks that I put on both my suitcase and on my tote bag. As I got out from a cab last night on my way from the airport, I was late for a dinner. I dropped my suitcases at the front desk at the hotel, ran to dinner. Both of them had locks on it. I hadn't checked in. I'm not worried about having them in a storeroom because I know that they're inaccessible. So I love that bag. And within that Indigari tote bag, I organize everything in other pouches. So I have a pouch for all of the vitamins and pills and supplements I take. I have a pouch for all my electronic cords and devices. I have another pouch that's my toiletries, shampoos, things like that. Another pouch for makeup, another pouch where I keep my coins and passports. So they're all sort of organized and I know exactly where to look for things within that big bag. And I love having those. Oh, and, and some of the ones I use are from Paravel. I also like Kuyana has some nice leather pouches that I use for devices. Both of those are good. Mostly it's Kuyana and Paravel pouches that I use. Well, I specifically love that tip about the locks because I've never thought about that before, but you don't need to actually use the lock in your room if you're just locking your suitcase. In fact, that's one of the reasons that I do it is that I did once have an experience 
where our passports got locked in the safe and the master safe key didn't open it and the technicians, it took them about five hours and some blowtorches to get into the safe to get our passports as a family. So we thought we'd be spending a lot longer of a trip in Cambodia than originally planned. Ever since then, I prefer not to keep my passport in a safe. Similarly, you know, for people who are traveling with jewelry, I don't travel with jewelry, fine jewelry, but people who do, they don't feel comfortable often having it in a safe because oftentimes lots of people in the hotel do have master keys. And so the safe could be accessed. And if you instead have it locked in a bag that no one's going to walk out with your entire suitcase, it's a lot safer than if it's locked away somewhere in, in the room. Great tip. What's in your toiletry kit? You spoke about the bag that you use, but what is inside of it? The first secrets I would say is, you know, I do think it's really smart to keep a toiletry bag packed with everything you need in it. And if you don't do that, pack it two or three days before you go on your trip. Do your makeup, do your routine out of that bag for two or three days, because if you've forgotten something, you're going to find that out two or three days before you leave. If you've packed your bag, and you throw it in your suitcase and you arrive in a destination and you, by habit, put your mascara back in the drawer or put your toothbrush back in the cup where you usually have it and walked out the door, then you're without your mascara, your toothbrush. So definitely do your run through a couple of days before to make sure you haven't forgotten anything really important or just keep it packed. I love using the same beauty products, whether I'm at home or on the road. It, it is again, one of the rituals that keeps me grounded in my morning routines or my evening routines, the smell of the lotions that I use, the ritual, the habit of washing your face and taking off your eye makeup and doing all that stuff and putting the same creams on, I think triggers you that it's morning and it's evening and it reminds you to get on the clock of the place that you're in. Similarly with vitamins, I take melatonin at night. That's another reminder of my body that, okay, this is where we are and now it's bedtime. I take all my vitamins in the morning. I use MCT oil and my coffee. Those are just things I take from home and I bring on the road. And it's just another trigger for keeping me on my routine. Same thing, meditation in the morning, yoga stretching in the morning, whether I'm at home or I'm on the road. I think those things are really important to keep you in sort of your normal state, no matter how many hotel rooms you're moving around. I know a lot of people who bring a candle for sort of the same reasons. I sleep with a silk eye mask, whether I'm at home or in a hotel, those kinds of things. One of the new things that I added, my daughter sent me a silk bonnet to keep my hair in great shape. Apparently, cotton takes the moisture out of your hair, gives you split ends, dries out your hair. You put a silk bonnet on at night and it preserves your blowout for a lot longer. You can wear them on the plane. Honestly, if I'm wearing a silk bonnet and my silk eye mask on the plane, no one knows who I am. Catherine, you're, I know you're going to be laughing at me. It tells me as soon as I get on the plane, it's time to go to sleep. I may look like a total freak, but I get off the plane looking rested and with a good hairdo. I cannot wait for our next trip together so I can photograph this. That is my biggest takeaway. <laughs> but I need to try it too, because that's a really good tip, even if you look ridiculous. I will say it looks ridiculous, but it preserves your blowout. Okay. Noted. Noted. I'm writing this down. So I know that you're sleep obsessed. It was one of my first learnings from traveling with you. So what are your sleep aids? Yes. I'm a huge prioritizer of sleep. I track my sleep through an aura ring. I think it's a great way to understand how your body's responding to 
a change of environment and whether or not your body is getting run down. So I prioritize it. I go to bed as early as I can when I'm traveling and I make sure I get at least seven or eight hours of sleep. To help me, as I said, I think your body is aware of circadian rhythm. So you should try to sleep between sort of 10 and six, not stay up too, too late. You can't make up for really good sleep later in the evening because of your circadian rhythms. And I think those sort of good sleep hygiene is alerting your body early that it's bedtime. So eating a couple of hours before you go to bed, not eating a lot of sugar or drinking a lot before you go to bed. It's can be hard when you're traveling, but those things definitely affect your sleep and your aura ring will tell you. But then taking a warm bath is another way that often relaxes people and gets them ready for bed. I take melatonin at night. As I mentioned, I wear a sleep mask. That kind of reminds my body that yes, it's sleep time. I try not to look at my phone or my computer or any kind of blue light source for a couple, you know, at least half an hour before bed and maybe try to wind down by reading. So those are the things that I do to, to make sure that I'm getting enough sleep. To me, that is the key to being really able to manage a lot of different time zones and a very busy schedule. I think we can do a whole episode on sleep and we're going to have to. Those were too many takeaways. <laughs> that was great. As you know, I'm an obsessive. It always amazes me how you are able to always get your seven to eight hours, but me over here cannot seem to swing it. And I need- Well, Catherine, one of the things is you look at your emails after dinner. I know. Put your phone down, wake up early, and then look at your emails. The time zone isn't going to help you anyway. If you look at them at night, no one's reading them. So wait until the following morning. I don't even feel jet lag anymore because when I need to sleep, I just have to go to sleep, you know? And now for gadgets. So you talked about your aura ring, so we can call that a gadget, a sleep gadget. But what are some of the other tricks that you have while you're traveling? Because you're always working on the road and you're always traveling. So you've got to have this down to a science as well. When I'm traveling a ton, my phone runs out. I use it to record video. I use it to record sound. I use it to take pictures. So invariably, my phone runs out of power. So I always have a good power charger or battery pack and I carry cords as well so I can continue to charge my phone. I would say an iPad similarly because you can watch movies on it. You can have a ton of books on a small, a mini iPad. Those are always in my bag. I always travel with my Lenovo portable monitor, which is a lifesaver because in this age of work remote, I've become so accustomed to having my big monitor at my desk at home, but I also travel a lot and it is such a game changer for me while I'm on the road that I can have two screens on my laptop. Wow. Okay. No, I just bring my MacBook Air, but I'm also carrying microphones, as you know, for the show and I have a good universal adapter from Tumi, so I can plug things in in any kind of a room. And I find those are something you always have to have in your bag. And the other thing that I would say is I have a list on my phone that is my universal packing list. It has a toiletry section, so I know I can check against it. Do I have Benadryl? Do I have Claritin? Do I have Tylenol? Do I have Advil? Do I have Cipro? Certain medicines that I always want to have in my bag, my device list, do I have a charger? Do I have a camera? Do I have an iPad? Do I have an adapter? Do I have a converter? All of these things. Another one of my devices is that I swear by is the Wanda app. As you know, it's on your phone and it's a currency converter. Love to have that on my phone. Doesn't take up any space, obviously. Those are some of the things in my universal packing list. 
We've spoken about packing so many times together and I still learn new things every single time we chat. So you're filled with advice here. Has someone you've interviewed over the years or connected with showed you a great packing hack that you use now? Anything that didn't come from the mind of Melissa Biggs Bradley? Oh, definitely. I think so many of my packing tips came from other people. But I remember I interviewed Ines de la Fressange, who was not only an incredible model for Chanel, and she was the face of France, but she's a designer and is super stylish. And I remember she always said that she brings a, you know, a great pair of black pants and a big white shirt, and she can dress those up with a scarf or a blazer, and she can always look sophisticated. You know, in some ways, the best way to look really chic when you're traveling is to simplify and great black pants and a black cashmere sweater or a great black jacket. You know, you can dress it up with scarf or jewelry, but you don't make things too complicated. Traveling is not the time to do really trendy, experimental looks. It's really a time to go classic. And when she said, you know, a great man's white button down shirt, and a great pair of black pants, you can look absolutely fantastic and elegant anywhere in the world from Sydney to LA to Tokyo or Paris. And I think she's completely right. So simplify, be sophisticated and do something really classic. And frankly, Erin is a perfect example of that. You know, she's going to wear a great blazer, black pants and wonderful heels and look like a million dollars. Melissa, great advice as always. I could keep going with questions and I know you have a million more answers about tips for how to pack while you're traveling. So thank you as always. And Catherine, I think we should ask if we can have listeners send us their packing tips because I've gotten amazing tips from people in the past. This should be collaborative. If anybody has other packing hacks, please send us an email at passport at SiriusXM and we would love to include any of your tips and suggestions or questions in an upcoming episode. On upcoming episodes of Passport to Everywhere, I'll be joined by legendary chef Eric Repair, India expert Fiona Caulfield of the Cult Love India guidebook series, as well as I'll go behind the scenes at the one and only Hotel du Cap Eden Rock on the French Riviera. In the meantime, I'd love to hear about your best and worst travel experiences, any travel hacks you'd like to hear me address on the show, any guests you'd like me to interview, and of course, your questions. So leave a message at 646-535-7297 or send us a note on Instagram at Indigari Travel or write us an email at passport at SiriusXM.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And if you enjoyed it, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. The adventure continues next week. Find more episodes of Passport to Everywhere with Melissa Biggs Bradley streaming now on all podcast platforms and anytime on the SXM app. Follow Melissa on Instagram at at Indigari Founder. And for more on Melissa, head to Indigari.com. I-N-D-A-G-A-R-E. Send us your questions about travel. Passport at SiriusXM.com. Or call us at 646-535-7297. This has been Passport to Everywhere. everywhere.